Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The volume. Get in on the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. How cool of a deal is that? All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It takes 90 seconds and use the code Colin. C-O-L-I-N. This is the best deal you're going to find. New customers. It's a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. How cool is that? Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Code is Colin. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, one no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit wagering and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, off a week vacation. Nice to be back in the saddle. Flew cross country, just landed about an hour ago. John Middlecoff, former NFL scout, going to the NFL Combine here um, this week. Also, uh, three and out his podcast go low is his golf podcast um yeah so I gotta I first of all I usually fly Delta I flew American Airlines back I told my wife that's the best meal I've ever had on a flight in my life what'd you eat <laughs> it was incredible so they start with fresh olives you know heated almonds pistachios and then they go into this peach salad and then they have uh ahi tuna, oh. and then they go into t- tortilla soup, and then they go into green beans, grain bread, uh, olive oil, piece of chicken with like a salsa on it. That's what I chose. And then I waited about an hour and a half, took about a half hour nap, woke up, and had like this ginger and vanilla ice cream dessert. <laughs> I told my wife, I'm like, that. Well, something's being experimented, like either profits are through the roof on American <laughs> Airlines, so tip of the calf to American Airlines. I'm like, honey, I ate better than you, and I was at 33,000 feet. I can't help you. Uh, people complain about flights a lot, and listen, I don't. everyone's had a bad experience here and there, but I think for the most part, I mean, if you're not flying Spirit Airlines, it's pretty darn good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty darn good what we have in 2024, especially in this country. If you live in major airports, the ability to get around, it can't be ever been as easy as it is right now. Yeah. And I, I, um, you know, one of the things years ago I started doing well, I told my wife, just we'll fly first class this point forward. Let's just do it. They had a pod. So I watched, you know, I downloaded a couple Netflix and uh, Apple TV shows. Uh, I, I downloaded, you know, four or five episodes of stuff. Uh, all of it was really, really good. But I, you know, I think sometimes, like, I've been on planes. I've had three or four people on planes that were crazy, like disruptive. 
by and large, you know, most people just sit down, quiet, really good people. I've I've said this for years. I've been a Delta flyer forever, forever. I I think what our industry does, commercial aviation, for how many people are at airports, and and for the record, I don't care what you think about the economy. It can't be that bad because every flight I've been on for six years is packed. And I know what I'm paying for these seats. And it, they ain't giving them away. There's no discounts here. My flight today, packed. Flight out, packed. I don't, I'm not a guy that loves private, especially in the winter. I, I'm not going to fly it. You know, I if I can get a, a first class seat on a three and a half hour flight, I, there's no need for me to go private. I don't care. But most of the flights are on time. Now, if you're if you're taking off at LaGuardia at 5.30 on a Friday night, no shit. You're, you're going to sit on the tarmac for a while. But I just think, I think sometimes in America, we forget how good our grocery stores are. Like we forget how good uh, and efficient our country is. I, w- I went to London about six, seven years ago, went to Wimbledon, maybe eight years ago. My hotel didn't have air conditioning. It was a high-end hotel. And uh, the toilets were inconsistent. And I'm like, man, if you went to a Marriott, you'd go to complain to management in this country. I think sometimes we just complain to complain. I know multiple people, one that flies for United, one that flies for uh, American. They both fl- uh, flew fighter pi- or fighter jets in the Air Force. How-, how does it get any better than that? That, that guy's overqualified to fly us around the country. That's like having a uh, Trent Williams as my personal security guard. I mean, it just, it doesn't get any better than that. Right. And, and that's who a lot of these pilots are. They, they served in the military flying a lot more expensive, a lot more difficult uh, aircrafts. And those are the guys that fly us around for 40 years from basically their age 30 till when they retire. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even tell you the last flight I was on that had really bad turbulence. I mean, I'm there's saying. always bumps. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't tell you. I mean, I just thought, I'm sitting on that American Airlines flight today, and I'm thinking, this You're is- living. I, I am. And I they even had this little app or something on the TV you could download, and I'm watching where we're flying, and it's like, I can monitor the flight. I'm sitting there watching a Netflix show. I want to I wanna pivot to this, though, because one of the things I downloaded was episodes uh, three and four of uh, Dynasty. Yeah, you know, off the Jeff Benedict book, he's on my show in about two weeks. Episode four, John, I don't know if you saw it, is one of the best episodes of a documentary, sports documentary, I've ever seen in my life. The Randy Moss arrival, uh, the Spygate, um, losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl. I mean, it was Robert Kraft's son said he walked into the locker room, and grown men were vomiting and bawling. And I, you forget the two things so far through four episodes that you forget how big that upset of Kurt Warner and the Rams was. They yeah. were offensively ahead of their time. I mean, they they had a Niners feel like, can anybody stop them to win that game? They, By the way, it was 14-3 at half. They completely they shut them down. They'd already won a Super Bowl a couple years previously. I mean, that team was pretty special. Hall of Famers everywhere. And then you forget how historic that 18 and 0 team going for 19 and 0. I, you know, as I watched it, I, I was I thought if I was interviewing Tom Brady and I said, Tom, take one play out of your career, I guarantee you he'd say, the David Tyree catch. <laughs> and when I watched it, I'm like, oh my God. Teddy Bruski's like, yeah. We've done that to people. We did that to the St. Louis Rams. He goes, I know what they were feeling. They believe now they were the better team. You know, I, I haven't seen, I, I've seen the three episodes. I, I watched three of them on Friday night. I think we also forget, and it really kind of puts into context, how big a balls Bill had when he made that move. Yeah. The guy was on a $100 million contract, went $100 million. Was oh, yeah, Drew Bledsoe, yeah. Number one overall pick. And this is where I think football coaches they just have more juice than the other coaches in basketball and definitely in baseball because it's more of a management league. When their gut tells them something, I mean, we see it all the time in football, right? College and pro to know that like, yeah, Drew doesn't move around as well anymore, right? He's been hit too much. And you watch the other thing, I'm watching it with my girlfriend. She's like, God, these guys look bigger back then. I'm like, yeah, Maria, these quarterbacks back in the day were all 6'6". They were all huge. When Tom and Drew were standing next to each other, 
Caleb's coming out. He's barely 6'1". These guys have him by five inches. I mean, Drew Bledsoe's a strapping individual. That's the old school quarterback. And you're watching when Drew runs and get hit by Mo Lewis. Oh. I'm thinking like most quarterbacks now get out of bounds. Even Brock Purdy's faster, right? There, there are, and, and the difference in style, and you've been saying this forever about Belichick, he was perfectly set up for that old school football, right? And yes. this is where Tom benefits. Obviously, he took a lot in his control and was really good. But we're going to talk a lot about draft picks over the next couple months. If you go to a team that sucks, you ha- unless you're an all-time transcendent talent, it's going to be very, very difficult. Tom did get to begin starting on a team full of really good defensive players and clearly a really good coaching staff. Yeah. And, and he'd be the first to tell you. I think a lot of these Patriot guys are kind of, in a weird way, offended by everyone talking shit about Belichick because it almost diminishes a little bit. Like what they had as a group was pretty special. And you watch all these guys, you're like, yeah, it was a pretty high level group of individuals. Yeah, it's very Omerta. It's very much secrets kept in the family. That's why Mangini, I was told Mangini called Bill and said, Bill, I know what you do. Don't do it. Don't tape the Jets. Don't do it. Bill just said, whatever, I'm going to tape the Jets. Bill thought like, it's Omerta. It's the family. There are secrets. You got a job because of me. And it burned him. You know, speaking of um, folks, if you haven't watched it on Apple TV, you should. Dynasty. The book's great as well by Jeff. The the footage they have is just remarkable. (laughs) But um, Ernie Adams, and it made me think. So Ernie Adams is just fantastic. So he is Bill's Basically, and I, I mean, he is, you know, CFO kind of like you could, I mean, there's nothing he's, I I would say the valet, but uh, uh, he's his caddy. And you're like, no, no, he was often his, he was often his brains. And I was thinking about this. And so years and years ago, when I worked at ESPN, George Bodenheimer was the CEO and George was really sharp. But when you're the CEO of a major company, you need a two, somebody that can can call you out, somebody that can watch the minutia. You're doing all these meetings after meetings. And I mean, and George was as smart a guy that I've ever had the, you know, honor or privilege to work under. And his two was like John Skipper, who became the president. And I remember when Skipper got the job. He didn't have a strong two and it really cost him. And I can remember somebody in the company saying to me, John doesn't have, he doesn't have a John. And it's, it's always made me think about this, whether it's Andy Reed with maybe it's a Spags, maybe there's somebody on the staff is most great. I mean, let's be honest, Dave Wonstadt, Jimmy Johnson, they just really trusted each other. Parcells and Belichick, where Belichick's like, Bill, you got to trust me on this. And they they battle on this stuff. Saban has done a remarkable job in college to keep the turnstile of coordinators coming in. But, um, you know, and you could say since Kirby Smart left, the defense hasn't been quite as good. You know, he went to Georgia. But when you watch this special, Ernie Adams, um, I don't even know there, there are moments, and Damian Woody pointed this out. He was considered a genius in the building. It, Bill often, you can just see him. He'd walk off the podium at practice when Ernie retired about, you know, and then years later, Dante Scarnecchia. I think that's undervalued. We all talk Brady, but it's Bill had people that he just, he just leaned on and they all in a short period of time left and watch this for Ernie Adams, who, by the way, is a funny guy. Like if there's anybody yeah. you've ever wanted to sit and have a beer with in football, it's Ernie Adams. I, I heard when they were out of football, well, Bill wasn't, it, when they got fired in Cleveland and, and Bill went to work for Parcells, Ernie was out for a little bit, that Ernie made Bill millions in the stock market because Ernie was just you know so brilliant. He just started working on finance till he could get back in the league when Bill got the head coach in New England. So he, if you think about it as a head coach, especially when you get of his level of fame and, and wealth, the hierarchy in a building is a lot like the military where, where everyone kind of is intimidated by you. And even when you're having a one-on-one conversation, there's a level of I'm here, you're there. It's just the natural hierarchy of the building where a coach needs a, a guy that he can go and close the door and have a normal human one-on-one conversation where anything can be said. And that was always what Bill had in Ernie, right? A guy that he had known since high school. 
Think about that. In that 2001 Super Bowl, he was the guy, Ernie, what do you think we should do with a minute 30 left as John Madden yes. said, kneel the ball, kneel the ball. And Ernie's like, I think we're gas, Bill. Let's put the pedal to the metal and yep. go for it. Right? But he that's who he asked, not Charlie Weiss, not Romeo Cornell, not these other coaches that he's known for a long time as well. So I, I've always thought this about Bill. Bill is a very, very good talent evaluator at coach. Right, he found Josh McDaniels, Brian Flores, Adam Peters, Jason yes. Light, all these guys, Casario. But eventually, you run out of it, and that's what it felt like these last couple of years. Is he just ran out of guys? Yeah, and he could not replenish the well, and obviously the quarterback situation. But I, I, you know, I told you I think like a month ago. I think Bill should do Amazon TV and show his personality a little bit and, and just kind of rebrand himself a little bit because right now the NFL owners look at him like this curmudgeon negative guy yes. kind of power, power hungry. hungry. They, all, they, they all know he's a good coach but you rebrand yourself a little bit a year later you got three guys begging you for their job and let's face it right now that just was not the case which is crazy he couldn't get a head coaching job he just couldn't no no one yeah. wanted him and I also think so I think about this all the time in life that no is a really powerful word that people don't use enough. And sometimes missing on a job is the best thing ever. There was one great job opening this year, Chargers. Yeah. Next year, and it this is not even unlikely, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. <laughs> um, you start going at Derek Carr. Um, there could be uh I I wrote the oh, Trevor Lawrence. There could be like five, six high-end quarterbacks who need coaches. You can't win in this league. I mean, Belichick's proof. You can't win big in this league without the quarterback. So there's a lot of these jobs. I mean, Bears, right? Caleb Williams. <laughs> Absolutely. So in a weird way, Vrabel and Bill Don't sit out for a year. You made a ton of money, golf a little bit, watch games. By the way, Mike McCarthy, not at that level, ended up getting the cowboy gig. <laughs> yeah. It's a remarkable, I mean, it, and I think about this all the time. I mean, you're as a you're a former scout. You know this. There's an insecurity among even great coaches. Once you're out, you've got to get back in. And I've thought about this before. Like even in my profession, it's like if you're talented, just sit back and watch shows implode. Watch managers get, you know, axed. Stuff opens up really fast in big money businesses, Silicon Valley, football, media, blah, blah, whatever it is, law. And I think coaches sometimes feel like I've got to get a gig. But I mean, if if the Chargers job wasn't open, the only other job I would have left Michigan for if I was Harbaugh is Washington because they have like $80 million cap space. And I actually think I, if they get Drake May, I think. I think he's going to be okay. I mean, what did you make this week of everybody getting more cap space because the NFL came out and announced the revenues were higher than expected? The Rams now have like $43 million, $42 million in cap space. Colin, it doesn't feel like that long ago that the NFL salary cap was like $150 million, does it? I mean, this thing is this thing has gone up at rapid speed. $255 million is a lot of money. And if you think about it, it's actually easier to set yourself up for the next several years because what's 255 in five years? 340? I mean, it's going to go up substantially. So signing some of these contracts, I do think we need to look at them a little bit differently, right? When you extend a guy, the way they can manipulate the money on the salary cap. To, to add up to $255 million, you need a lot of cap hits at 20, 30, $40 million. So it definitely makes it a lot more easy. Now, here's the problem. Salary cap space in baseball if Shohei Otani and Aaron, and even the, they don't have a salary cap, but you know what I mean. If a baseball player is hitting free agency, Shohei Otani is hitting free agency. If Kevin Durant's a free agent, he's hitting free agency. We just T Higgins franchised. You're going to see that list of like the top ten free agents franchise, 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 franchise. That's what makes football a little unique is having a lot of cap space in, in this sport. Most of the best quote unquote free agents never hit the open market, and then. To get that next tier, the B player, I think you pay like a 25, 30% premium. Look yeah. at last year, the best tackle on the market, McGlinchey. You had to give him almost 60 million guaranteed. The 49ers, his third contract, Hargrave, he gets $80 million, $40 million guaranteed. So you pay an ultimate, it's like, you know, beachfront real estate because not that many guys hit it. So if it's a starter, a good starter, a guy that you know is a plug and play starter, you pay for it. 
right? And even some of these guys that are franchised, maybe they're quote unquote available through a trade. It's like, oh, you know, we, we'd be open to trading T. Higgins, but we'd need your one in the 20s, and then you have to pay him $23 million a year. So it's if you want to dabble in that market, it's very, very expensive. It's why, to me, the Washingtons of the world, I would just take a deep breath, kind of let things play yeah. out. The Texans are a better example. Okay, you already see you got some stuff. If I got to overpay a guard and overpay a linebacker that I really like, who cares? Yeah. I got $70 million. If I, if I invest 35 in those two guys, I feel pretty good about it. But I already know what I got. Like with Washington and some of these teams, let's just try to walk before we run. Let's just see how the quarterback is. Because, yeah, Drake May or Jaden Daniels, whoever they end up taking, I mean, how often do we see these guys be overwhelmed or whatever? Then all of a sudden you got to kind of – you you want flexibility as much as possible. To me, the Texans are a good example. Like, I'd be pretty aggressive here. Like, could I go get a T. Higgins? Could I make a trade, right, and then pay a guy? Like, I, I'd be open to a lot of different options. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash to see their BF Goodrich test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com slash colin tirerack.com the way tire buying should be this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know, one of the things you're going to the combine, one of the things that's great about the draft is it really has, you know, the NBA draft is fun, but there's two rounds and these guys come in at 19 and they go to bad teams. So, and the hit rate's pretty low because you don't have as much video. It's hard in the NBA. NFL, college draft, you have minimum three years of film. A lot of these guys come from two or three major conferences. They're playing against NFL guys. So there's misses, but there's a lot of hits as well. You know, now I, I I was thinking about um, one of the things in the draft that I was reading a story and I forget, God, I want to give credit to whoever did it. They went back and looked at last year's draft and graded it. And again, it's not so Houston had the most successful draft. So when CJ Stroud comes in and crushes, some of it is very explainable. They hit like on five draft picks. Uh, number two. I know the Rams and the Seahawks were up there. The Packers were at three. And I got to tell you something. I I, I said this. I like both the Packers' last two drafts. Is I sometimes wonder about this. But but by the way, the the, the Jets and the Giants, terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Is that I sometimes wonder, and you worked in the building, because Philadelphia, where you worked, it's a wealthy franchise. There's a lot of money here. Green Bay. I could argue over the last 25 years has done a better job than anybody in this league drafting and developing. And when you were in the league, and my take is, is a lack of an owner helpful? The guys running it are just all football guys. But the Packers, 
They went to last year's draft and the receivers hit and and the tight ends hit. And the and I, I just when I look at Green Bay, I think, okay, they've had different GMs, different coaches. They nail quarterbacks, great O-line. Uh, they always, always find receivers and tight ends. When you were in the league, um, is it one of those classic, the millionaire next door that if you're on a school teacher salary, you're just not going to waste as much money. You're going to be smarter than a stockbroker who's got money to, right? Are the Packers seen as frugal because they don't have the game day revenue? But when I saw that list, and again, I apologize for not um, crediting who it was. I, I saw it on the plane. It was best draft from last year. Packers were third. And I thought, God, when is the last bad draft the Packers had? I think a lot has to do with, you know, a lot of cultures when I get rid of everyone, right? A GM and a, and a coach, the owner gets to hire everybody and he's always the boss. He's always hovering over everybody. It goes back to Ron Wolf and Holmgren. Ron taught all these guys, right? From Ted Thompson, Gudikins had worked there forever. So they've had the same culture in terms of management since Ron Wolf showed up in the early 90s. So the way they look at players, they've always been obsessed with height, weight, speed. I don't think it has to do as much with like pinching pennies and not being able to like, you know, you're the Rays, they're the Yankees, so you have to outthink them. I just think that they've taught and streamlined it from generation to generation very, very well. They have a like a company culture there that I think has transcended general managers from Ron Wolf to Ted Thompson to now Gudikins. And I think they've been pretty consistent back to what you're saying with the draft of like, they all know what they're looking for because they've been looking for the same thing now for 30 years. Helps a lot when you have a quarterback, right? They, they have a quarterback and they know how to surround the guy. And they've always done an incredible job of surrounding the guy on offense. I think the Ravens are a pretty good example of how they transitioned from Ozzie to DaCosta because DaCosta was his right-hand man forever. Yes. Right. So it's like good point. W- when you have the cohesion, like why are the Chiefs so strong right now? Because Andy has Spags, who's never leaving. <laughs> I mean, and who has been goes back for twenty years, beating Belichick and Brady. It's very unique to have that. Kyle or McVay get a good coordinator. Boom, the guy's gone. They they can't hold on to their defensive coordinator. So I I, I think having the cohesion. The Packers is a great place to work. I remember when we were there, when I worked in the league, everyone was always kind of envious of like, because it was like this chill vibe, but they were winning big. And it was just, you're the Green Bay Packers. There was like the pressure we had in Philadelphia. You felt it every day when you went in the building. Sure. They definitely don't have that. Yeah, I think the Chiefs really have that going on right now. But a lot has to do with winning. I, I just think it's a, it's a very unique organization. But I, I do think it gets back to the the streamlined vision from generation to generation. And they've all crossed, you know, like John Schneider hires Mike McDonald. They, they don't know each other. They're hoping this chemistry works because he's good coach with the Ravens. And, the, you know, he knows. But it's like you're kind of keeping your fingers crossed. You, you look at Harbaugh, goes to the Chargers. Who do they hire as his general manager? A guy he knows, a guy he's comfortable with from Baltimore. So you're like, yeah, it's probably going to work out. He knows John there. It's all in the family. That matters. Like Shanahan's had a lot of success with people he knows. He's worked with Robert Sala. He coached D'Amico Ryans. Brian Greasy, he worked with when he was young in Tampa. His dad knows him. We're all comfortable with people we know, right? right. Who do you hire the volume? Like to run your management. People that you're comfortable with. People with, you know, it helps. Now they have to be talented. But like when you're all on the same page, it's a lot easier to operate. And I think for 30 plus years, the Packers have just had a lot of cohesion. Not a lot of people leave. Their coaches do. You know, but they're, they're scouts. I, I don't know if they pay top-notch relative to the NFL executives, but I, I, I sure know when they're winning, things are having success, people like working there. Yeah, you can also buy a hell of a house in Milwaukee. Yeah, live for like a king. $490,000. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's just, it was when I saw the list, uh, it was like, God, Green Bay knows what they're doing. And to your point, quarterbacks kind of make it all work. You can, I mean, listen, Brett Veach at Kansas City's had some misses. <laughs> you forget Sky Moore, you forget him really quickly. Mahomes makes you forget shit really quickly. Well, it's like someone told me with the Jets a couple years ago, they're like, they had all those picks in the top, whatever, the first couple rounds for two straight years. We could we could go seven of eight. They all could be pro bowlers. If Zach's a whiff, we're in trouble. We'd go one of eight. If Zach's a hit, contract extensions. Well, what happened? They went seven, eight, maybe not seven, eight, but five or six of eight. And Zach's the problem. And they got issues. That quarterback. I mean, if Jordan Love and 
we're all going to pencil them in. I, I do think there's a difference of kind of, they got to fly under the radar a little bit this year. They started slow. Then they came on. Everyone next year is going to be looking at them like double-digit wins, playoff team. It is a different pressure. That's why I give a lot of credit to the Lions. Everyone took the Lions seriously this year coming in, and they handled yep. it well. Like, it's it's a it's another – now, LaFleur has success now. He's been a part of those type teams with Aaron, so he's – I feel comfortable with it, but sustaining high-level play year in, year out, that's hard. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of tangible pressure on Jordan Love next year. So it's it's interesting when I this is kind of a vague um, topic, but I, I you know I've always kind of measured how often I talk football. I don't work at the NFL Network, nor do I want to. I like to I like the NBA. I like you know an October September baseball series. I like the World Cup, a good UFC fight. I like March Madness. I I could never just talk football, and I've always kept the number around sixty five percent of the show. Um, but I was talking to a TV exec. I had a meeting about. 10, 12 days ago with a really smart guy. And we were talking about the Big Ten. And he said, those ratings are going to go up 15 to 20%. And I had given college football about an eight-year break, a hiatus on my show, uh, because it got very regional and very Southern. And I'm not anti-SEC, but if it was all... It, 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 it was I Alabama, do, Georgia, every, and Clemson every year for seven yeah. straight years. Yeah. And so it's just like, listen, once baseball became very local, where nobody in Minnesota is going to watch the Mariners. Nobody in Seattle gives a rip about Tampa Bay. Yet a Seahawk fan would watch the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield play. So once baseball, about 10, 12 years ago, I felt it really got local. I just didn't talk about it. Um, college basketball is a turnstile now between the transfer portal one and done. You can't name the starters on Duke. Um, but it, it, it is sort of interesting. I was talking to this executive about the growth of college football. He goes, you're not going to believe the numbers are going to explode. And he started talking about the Big Ten schedule. And he's like, you're, you're going to get Washington, Oregon, or Washington, Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, Penn State, USC. You're going to have three and four games in a row all day. And it did make me think as I was off this week, and I, you know, I kind of shut it down when I'm off. I don't watch sports. I just leave. And there was nothing going on anyway. I'm watching the Warriors Nuggets today. Crappy year. But the biggest story in baseball last week, as the season starts, uniforms, you know, they're they're kind of sheer see-through. Biggest story in the NBA was how bad the All-Star game was. The biggest story in college basketball was storming the court. Yet the NFL is the sport we talk about because we watch the games. Listen, if you're a fan, listen to what we talk about when people, sportscasters, podcasters talk football. We actually talk about strategy in the games. That the NFL, with the growth of college football, which, by the way, between the draft and the combine, they're really starting to go hand in hand. College basketball and the NBA are the Grand Canyon. They they have nothing in common. Most of the great players don't even want to play in college basketball. College baseball, Major League Baseball, college hockey, they, they don't connect. You know, college soccer and the MLS, they don't connect. College football connects with the NFL more and more. And I was sitting there this week watching people talk about sports. And I thought, am I going to do an 80% football show based on the audience? I, As I've said, the audience drives the show. What they want, I follow ratings. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I, I don't want to work at the NFL Network. But John, between legalized gambling, people now stick through bad games, this massive, yeah, Big Ten SEC explosion. Where now the two conferences are going to have all the games we watch. The ratings are going to skyrocket. The 12-team playoff. I I was sitting there this week and I thought, Jesus, you're talking about see-through pants in baseball. Is that amongst your friends, when you go golf, does anybody talk about anything other? Football is the only thing that comes up consistently. Even And I know a couple guys and play golf with some former Major League Baseball players. They talk football. I mean, the Bills fan, a Packer fan, that's all they want to talk about. And during the fall, I think college football, like you said, think about next year, Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, Texas, LSU, the, the SEC and the Big Ten, get, it's going to feel like NFL light. Yep. I, I think the NFL, I've said this forever, I don't know if it's going to last forever my entire life. Like, I'm almost 40. Does that 40 years of dominating? When I was growing up, baseball was huge. The yeah. 90s with the Yankees, basketball with Michael Jordan. But for the foreseeable future, I don't see how that gap. I mean, it, the, the All-Star game, 
guys actively talk like, why would we even try to participate? Anthony Rendon, who's making $245 million. You see that story? He's like, yeah, baseball's not even a priority. It's like, well, I think for $250 million, you probably, probably don't want to say that, buddy. You know, right. it's like, can you imagine an NFL play? I, I think the relatability sometimes with the, and I don't even blame these guys because you're getting $250 million guaranteed. Some of these basketball players, I played I played golf last week during the All-Star break with a guy that calls NBA games. And he was saying one problem is, and he's on a pretty high-level team, but he just sees it around the league, is you, it's always like you have to max everybody out. Well, you can't lose them. Well, is the guy a max player? Like, we had to max Zion. Did you? Or, I mean, did you have to? Because in the NFL, you don't have to. And That's you right. would not. And so everyone's making all this money. If I don't care who you are. If you're 25 years old and you're basically guaranteed to get an astronomical amount of money, you're going to be jaded in the way you think about everything. Yep. Where in football, it still has this old school meritocracy that if you do not produce you're within done. two years, I've seen it forever. It's why when I used to go to Niners camp a lot, like I'm not going to make it too big a deal about a third or fourth round pick because every year I've seen that third or fourth round pick by the time training camp ends, the undrafted free agents beating him out. And might even beat out the starter. And all of a sudden, two undrafted free agents are starting. Guys are coming from everywhere. Every yeah. team. I don't care if you're a playoff team or a shitty team. And they're kind of like relates to our life. You got to produce. You, whatever you do, you either generate revenue, get your job done, or you kind of get replaced. Where I think in basketball and baseball, it's kind of like scholarship. Once you get paid, like I can't, what am I going to do with you? Even in football, you're going to see so many names this week. You're like, God, I thought that guy was under a long-term contract. They're like, yeah, we're thinking about cutting him. <laughs> yep. If you won't take a pay cut, we're thinking about trading him. So basically every guy, I mean, we could probably name 30 guys that like untouchable in the NFL. A lot of them are quarterbacks. And then a lot of like high-level Trent Williams, Travis Kelsey, like those type guys. But basically every other name, you go half the Pro Bowl roster. You're like, yeah, yeah. they could move on from that guy. Yep. And I, I think basketball and baseball used to have an element of that. And definitely their guys were wired like working in like local television in, in the Bay Area and meeting a lot of guys that played in the 80s and 90s. They had that attitude in baseball and basketball. Like, I can be replaced. I can be cut. They were very relatable individuals. That's why Charles Barkley is like one of the biggest TV stars of all time. He's relatable. I think it's much more difficult for the modern guy in that sport to be relatable because you're making $100 million guaranteed whether you're good or bad. No one has a problem when you're good getting paid. Yeah. But he's like, is this guy even – Jordan Poole's making $130 million. He's like the worst player in the NBA. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've talked to a handful of execs, and I've brought this up before. They laugh at the NBA structure. They're like, That's what a terrible. joke. They yeah. make fun. NFL guys, I remember having this conversation – couple years ago when the CTE thing came down and a lot of these Northeast media types who don't understand the passion for football in the Midwest or college football, they're like, yeah, it's the end of the NFL. I'm like, you've been in the Northeast way too long where baseball still talked about on sports radio a lot. I'm like, football's not going anywhere. It's way too big to fail. There's way too much money. And they've cleaned it up. Nobody hits at practice anymore once the season starts. By the way, you get to the Super Bowl, Usually the teams that get to the Super Bowl are missing maybe one starter. Like yeah. everybody's got the, I mean, guys the, are healthy. The Niners and Chiefs were healthy. Yeah. So there's a, you know, the, the Chiefs a few years ago missing their tackles. And it was like, yeah, that's what happens. But one of the things, the structure of the NFL is the structure of most of our lives. You're tradable, cuttable, fireable. And I never understand fans. Like this is like where fans, I, I look at fans and I just think, you guys are out of your mind. This idea, I want my guy to get the bag. Fuck that. I don't want many players to get the bag because it limits my flexibility. I am always rooting for the team to sign a reasonable contract. So it gives the team flexibility. I mean, this idea, like Dak's got a $300 million net worth after his next contract. He's fine. <laughs> Like, but you're not you're not fine if you overpay players. But it it is interesting. The NFL is the only sport, and I will say the MLS and hockey are the closest. NBA and baseball are a mess. That it's like you just. I, I talked to a former hockey guy that played 15 years. I, I didn't know who he was, but we started BS, and he was one of the most relatable individuals. I had to Google after. I was like, God, this guy played. They have a relatability to the way they yeah. talk and the way they interact. They're actually, I'm like, this guy could have talked to anyone in here and could have got along. It was very impressive. 
Yeah, I, I met a guy at a bar in Naples one time, NHL guy. He was a Bruin. I didn't know him. Googled him, same. But I also think they have a very tight cap and stars get paid. Everybody else makes a good living, not an insane living. Uh, and I'm not anti, um, I always said this, I'm not anti players making money. I'm not anti mobility. Um, but in any business, if you're paying B and C employees A money, you're going to have a problem. And I do think, and, and again, I love NBA playoff basketball. Um, I really do. It's one of my favorite things. But I, 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 NFL guys, they look, executives, owners, they look at the NBA and baseball and they just laugh at their structure. Well, I think one power of the NFL, like you said, about a random fan will watch not his team and know their players. I also think because the power, listen, we can argue over the franchise tag, whether it's fair or not. It's one of the healthiest things for the business by a mile, because when Kevin Durant or Aaron Judge or Shohei Otani, when they hit free agency, there is no mechanism to keep them. And in those leagues, guys turn over a lot, which is not great for the league. If I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I would imagine bottom 10 market in the NFL. If I want to keep Patrick Mahomes his entire career or the Packers with Rodgers or Favre, I can until I choose to get rid of him. And right. that's healthy for my organization, for the league. The Chiefs were just in a Super Bowl, and they're easily now, I would say, one of the most recognizable brands in the NFL because of Patrick. And that's not really possible. Like in the NBA, if the Nuggets make the NBA Finals, it's not great. They would much rather have Steph Curry or LeBron in the NBA Finals. We're in the NFL. It helps to have the Niners there. But if it had been the Lions, maybe it's not 120. Yeah. What is it, 115 million people still watch the Super that's Bowl? Right. It, it doesn't impact. And that's where I think the NFL has dwarfed everyone. That They're no longer dependent on markets, the brands. Yeah, the, their brands change by the player, by the quarterback, who you know. If Josh Allen's healthy, he's going to be on the Bills for 15 years. And it's always yeah, you, been like that. Yeah, if you go back 10 years, the CTE check, whenever it was, it was remarkable to listen to so many sports writers. It was like, guys, you're tone deaf. You're, you don't, you have never lived in the South. You don't get Texas. It was a lot of Northeast sports writers. It was a lot of this high-minded. Remember, Sports Illustrated started out covering fencing, had to be like persuaded to cover football. There is this sort of high-minded um, view of, you know, ugh, college football and football. And it's like, guys, it's 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 the best run sport. You know, there there was a great moment in the Dynasty series with Roger Goodell. Remember um, when they got rid of the tapes, put a hammer to him, got rid of the Spygate tapes? Yeah. And there was this media guy. Why'd you get rid of the tapes? And he said, well, because the punishment had been handed out. Well, but what about? And he said, no. The punishment had been handed out. There was no need for the tapes. Well, I mean, why? why? And Goodell said, tapes get out he goes like these got out he goes we destroyed them and it shut the reporter up but the reporter he wanted so badly goodell got hammered for that that he destroyed the tapes and the point was there was no value in those tapes once the spines and suspensions were handed out belichick was fined half a million dollars at the time anytime a lot of money but at the time he wasn't making what he's making now yeah yeah and and so goodell gets a lot of crap because i think by and large the media doesn't like power but like dana white and goodell i'd argue are the two best like commissioner ceos of their sport they're both dana's highly defiant and goodell think about how big that industry is what's the last look at how leagues have dealt with societal changes, cultural changes, strikes. I've always thought Goodell, mostly because um, Goodell doesn't pander to the media. He'll t I've had dinner with him and drinks. You can ask Roger anything. He literally, I asked him on the air one time. He came on my show and I said, Roger, I love your sport. I don't know what a catch is. My friends don't know what a catch is. He acknowledged live on the air. He goes, yeah, it's Colin, it's a problem. That year, they changed it in the Super Bowl. Eagles, remember in that Super Bowl, they the ball yeah. was juggled and they allowed it. What commissioner would have done that? I think when I watched the dynasty, um, it was another reminder that the NFL is incredibly well run and Goodell really has his shit buttoned up. How about the the part when Robert Kraft bought 
the Patriots that he bought the surrounding area because he yeah. knew the value so in that that no one I was like, what a genius. Can you imagine the level of business savviness that it takes to uh, even because he's thinking that before he even has the money and the level of imp- no wonder he's one of the better owners in the NFL. No, no wonder his, you know, he's well, being yeah. talked about like he is to be able to make a move like that. Yeah. So for people wondering, the stadium wasn't great, but it's instead terrible. of buy- I think historically it was like the worst in the NFL. Well, yeah. thought. Yeah, it was. In fact, they threatened to go to Hartford at one yeah. point. And so he bought the craft, bought the he bought the land around the stadium. So if you bought the stadium, he was going to, you know, he would be making all the money around it with shops and restaurants. No, I think I think um, what what I appreciated about all that is that. You know, Kraft was a Patriot fan. He was a, that's all he was. He was Big a Patriot. Yeah, fan. Yeah. Yeah. And all these owners, when they buy the team, when Jerry Jones bought the team, Jimmy Johnson told me for the first year, financially, <laughs> Jerry was like going to car dealers and trying to get ads. Like, he's like, we do, we weren't the Cowboys. It's like, you had to overpay Kraft, by the way, the first couple of years. They were not rolling in it. No, I, one thing, and I said this on the podcast last week, you, you might not have seen because you were vacationing, but Gerard Mayo, they clearly have a huge push from the Patriots to be like, we love the media now. You guys are our friends. Our assistant coaches know your importance. And I, I don't even, and I've heard good things. He's an impressive guy. I don't even necessarily blame him for saying that because it's clearly coming from Jonathan and Robert. I think they are too obsessed. Like, yeah, Bill could be an asshole. Who cares? No one, the media does, has no pull in the narrative None. once you start playing games. If you win, it doesn't matter how nice he is. If you lose, it doesn't, none of it matters. He's only going to be so. Yeah, they could write great articles for the next six months. The moment he starts zero and four, and Jane Daniels has thrown seven interceptions and one p- touchdown, you got a problem on your hands. No matter how much they like the guy, they will turn on you every time. So, I understand the crafts. They just want some. They want more smiles. It's all bullshit. The reason Belichick got run out of town, he started losing. It yeah. wasn't because his press conferences. Were, and I just think you're. It's it's human. You know, it's natural reaction to want to pivot off what you just had in relationships yeah. with coaches. We see it all the time. Look at Kraft, Parcells, a-hole. Pete, nice guy. Belichick, like Parcells. Now Gerard Mayo, like a Pete Carroll, happy. And I I, just, I think they're obsessed with the wrong thing right now in New England. And I, I do wonder if they got something coming their way. This is going to be a lot more difficult than they realize. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
You know, I've had people ask me this before, why do athletes come on your show? And I think, well, I got a big reach and um, I'm not Mike Wallace. I can ask a tough question. Uh, but um, by and large, most athletes have secondary incomes or, you know, projects or charities, and we always mention them. But I think the reality of athletes and sports is they largely don't need the media. Um, that's why I've always appreciated, let's pivot to the NBA here. It's why I've always appreciated LeBron James. It doesn't matter if it's a local, regional telecast or national, LeBron always stops to talk to the press, always. And Michael did this too. Jordan was yeah. great. Kobe was really good at this stuff. Some guys aren't. But, you know, I, I, as, as LeBron's season winds down, I think the Lakers have championship length. LeBron AD, I don't think they're a championship team. I think Boston and Denver just feel like better than everybody. But I do want to talk about the Warriors for a second, because generally speaking, as I was, you know, they've gone on a bit of a heater. I think they've won eight of 10, played really, really well. They put Clay Thompson on the bench and they brought this rookie and who they drafted to be the next Clay, the Pods kid, okay. uh, Brandon Pods. Like, and he is, frankly, he's got, I mean, even during draft night, you're like, he, he kind of plays like Clay. He's got an edge to him. He's a little salty. And then Kaminga now has become like a pretty consistently good performer. Wiggins is playing a little better now. <laughs> Generally, you know, Shaq and Kobe breaks up, the Heatles break up, Michael Jordan. You, you can get really bad, really fast. But I'm sitting watching, I'm sitting watching the Warriors over the last two weeks. And I'm like, okay, that's the last dynasty. And I'm like, now Kaminga's, Kaminga's a real player. And Clay's off the bench. Clay's, by the way, he had a heater playing the Nuggets. Clay off the bench is a totally different expectation than Clay starting. And I'm like, I know they have a rookie, but I watch them and I'm like, okay, they don't match up well with Denver. Almost nobody does. Lakers do a little because AD can defend Jokic. But you know the Bay Area very well. Are we going to have, because it doesn't work this way, when dynasties end, they go into the freaking tank. Durant left, they want another one. Then they step back and I watched them in the last two weeks. And I'm like, you know what? Steph's still a top five, six player. Draymond's still a catalyst offensively. Excellent defensive player. Clay off the bench. Two young guys that can actually score. Pods can score. Kaminga can score. Kurt's Wiggins looks coach. a lot better. Wiggins has played much better. I got to tell you, John, the West outside of Denver, everybody's got an issue. Like everybody. I think one thing the Warriors have is they're a throwback. I mean, these guys have played together forever. I mean, you watch the Phoenix Suns. They've been together for 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how can you have any faith in most of these teams beside Denver? They've been put together over the last 18 months. The Warriors are much more like a 90s or 80s teams where the group has played together forever. How about Steve Kerr's contract? Right. Yeah. Like he's not in it for the rest of his life. But as long as Steph is there and Draymond is there and now they have some young players. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't want any part of these guys in in a big game. The length, I mean, last year the Lakers annihilated them in that series length. And, yes. and Clay was terrible. So, to me, if Clay is the day and age of 14 through 18 is gone, right? ACL and a kid. But if he is just a solid, I can trust six out of the seven games to be in the high teens. And one of those games, he gets It's hot, like Westbrook off, Westbrook off the bench for the Clippers. Or is He's a Mr. Energy. Yeah, they, 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 I saw Draymond said on his podcast, he's like, I'm telling you, we, we can compete for a championship this year. Like their cohesion, their group, they got Chris Paul coming back. Gary Payton's healthy now. I mean, and Steph is one of the most remarkable players in the history of sports. And still, like when he's going, is one of the best players in the NBA. The key to them, though, is, is Draymond, who's playing really well, and, and Clay. Cause Steph last year, like, what else do you want him to do against the Lakers? It was everybody else. So yeah. they, they just need Clay. To me, Clay, if he can be like a B for them, and then at moments a B plus A minus against good teams in the first or second round, then yeah, hell yeah, they could make a run. Yeah, you know it. it Steve Kerr. How about their? You see their value when, when Steph showed up. It was like three hundred twenty-five million dollars. That's what Lake bought the team for. Now I, I don't think they would sell for this because so much is dependent on Steph, who's 36, 37 years old. Forbes valued them at over eight billion dollars. Oh, I think so. The arena is the arena. It's a cash cow. It's one of the only cash arenas. cow. Yeah. Yeah. And I the, also the, think that the, the, they own. So that's that's a huge thing. Yeah, I think that's a, a huge component to it. it. It's interesting. So I covered Steve Kerr for a couple of years in Portland. 
And that team also had the governor of Oregon, like Chris Dudley. So it was a team that had like problem guys and then two yeah, of the guys smartest guys. And, like mayors. <laughs> and it just was a fast, Sabonis was a fascinating player to cover. Damien's, uh, Damon Stoudemire, uh, Pippen. But Kerr's remarkable. So Kerr is part of the greatest NBA team ever and hit some of the biggest shots. Yeah. He's now one of the best coaches. He's largely considered sort of, has uh, got kind of a Phil Jackson feel where there's a psychology, a psychological impact, a, an expertise beyond just X's and O's. So he's uh, 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 on the greatest team, created uh, one of the best coaches of all time. Um, as a general manager, it, it's first of all, it's it's impossible. This this league is if you don't have great players, you don't you're not a great GM. He was he was clearly capable. He was a tremendous broadcaster. Was, I mean, I thought he was. I think he's one of the best analysts in any sport. I thought Kerr was a riot. He was quick. He was nimble. He was funny. Player, broadcaster, coach, like Kerr in my lifetime. Phil played. Marginal player, Phil Coates, great, GM, disaster, broadcaster, no. Like Steve Kerr has moved into an area. I mean, I don't know what the comp is. Broadcaster, coach, player. He is one of the most significant people in league history. I, I think just people have taken him for granted because he looks so young. People forget that yeah. he's an older guy now. He He's moving into a Pat Riley stage where I'm like, this is an all-time top five guy in league history. And wasn't he part? I mean, he was one of the key guys on some of those great teams at Arizona. I mean, he's been basketball royalty for since the moment he was 18, 19 years old. I think we say this a lot of times in scouting. Like, this guy could do whatever he wants. Could run a bank, could start his own company, could be a football player. And it's usually with famous, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees usually fall under that. I think we look at Steve a little different because he was a role player. But like yeah. that was really the the like his lowest level of accomplishment in terms of his ability, right? Everything else he's been Michael Jordan at. Like he's clearly one of the best coaches in the NBA. He's yeah. one. He's the, now the highest paid guy. Uh, he he was he was an elite. He was an all time great shooter. He just wasn't very big. He just had physical limitations. But Michael trusted him. I mean, the last dance is like Steve. I'm coming to you. Right. right. Trust him that way. Phil swore by him. Phil begged him to take the Knicks job. Yeah. I know the media loves to call Phil the village idiot, but for a long time in my life, Phil was the cream of the crop. And right. Joe Lacob, who was an old school kind of just like George Steinbrenner killer, I mean, refuses, like, has gone all in on this guy now for a decade. So he went there, and Steph Curry basically went to the Warriors like, I'm not playing for anybody else. So one of the greatest players in the history of the sport basically looked at management like, you better figure this out. <laughs> he told Marcus Thompson, the athletic, like, I, I wanted Steve to stay and put our contracts together. That's the guy. That'd be like Michael Jordan going, you know, and Kobe, the way they talked about Phil, that's the way they talk about Steve Kerr. So I think he's just one of those rare guys. He could have been a politician. He, he could have been an executive. He was, but in any other industry, uh, obviously he's just a basketball addict. And I think basketball got lucky that how many guys of his level would have, because the last thing that came was coaching. He did everything else, right? He broadcasting, you general manager, business stuff. It's like, I really want to coach. It's usually the other way around. The guy coaches first, kind of gets burned out and does all the other stuff. He actually did the hardest thing last. Now, he he, he got lucky. Lucky is the wrong word. He made the right decision because he had options. Instead of going to the Knicks, he went to the Warriors. And obviously, it changed the trajectory of his basketball life. But when you just think like basketball Hall of Famers, he's got three rings with the Bulls. He's got two rings with the Spurs. He's got four rings with the, with the Warriors. And they've lost a couple finals, right? How many finals has the guy been to? Probably like 15. The um we'll wrap it up here. We've been we've been going 50 minutes. We'll wrap it up. So I go, my wife and I, John, uh, bought a place in Rhode Island because I went there for 10 years when I worked at the other place and we vacationed, took our kids there. So we sold our house in LA in like July, and we bought a place in August. Uh next to a beach in Rhode Island. So it's always been one of my favorite. You showed states. me the pics of the party. It looked good. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> so, and that's, that's where I'll retire in the summer and fall in about 12 years, 10, 12 years, whatever. Um, and so Friday night, we go out with friends. 
And then we come home at 9.30 and we pull into the driveway, my wife and I, and there's a car parked in my driveway. Now, you gotta remember, this is a summer summer town. There's nobody's lights are on except ours. So I'm like, what's going on? So I pull in behind the car and I walk up to it with my phone. You know, I don't know what's going on. We've got lights in the house. Is somebody robbing my house? So I go up there and I ask this young girl, she rolls her window down and her dog starts barking. I said, um, can I ask why you're here? And she says, she pauses. Well, I, uh, yeah, I was just wondering if your house is for sale. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting robbed. It's 930. There's no for sale sign. I'm getting robbed. Her boyfriend's in the house. So I call 911, give him the address. Well, the Westerly Rhode Island police, fantastic. Like three dudes, three cars. <laughs> Wasn't a lot of action, apparently. It came flying down the street. And we're kind of on a point, so it's not easy to get to. So, uh, the and they were great guys. I mean, they were just total pros. It really made me feel good about this town. I'm like, these guys really are buttoned up. They were young, fit. Look you right in the eye. They were ready said, to kick ass and take names on the guys. Yeah, in the house. they weren't effing around. And I'm Who was like, in the house? okay. Uh, what's that? Was someone in the house? Well, so the guy goes, Is there are cars running. First of all, shouldn't be here. Cars running. And I said, There's no lights on. So my takeaway was either she thinks, because Taylor Swift li lives 10 houses away. I said, uh, much bigger than my house, obviously. I said, does she think this is Taylor Swift's house? Is it a, a mental health issue? So they talked to her and it was. Uh, she was very confused, um, you know, made certain claims that didn't make any sense. So then you feel sympathy. You're like, okay. Yeah. Then I had to, then the cops went into the house, three of them, you know, they were ready to go. <laughs> then I followed in and in this house is a hundred years old. My basement has 10 doors. I mean, it's it's a maze of doors and we've been fixing it up for five, six months. So, um, and so I tried to, e I tried to email the Westerly police the next day. It was so damn hard to find an email. I just was going to email a sergeant and say, hey, your guys are great. You got good dudes there, man. They were total pros. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, so I, I guess my point is um, when, we discovered that Taylor Swift was 10 houses away. I was like, that doesn't hurt property value. No, no. <laughs> now I'm like, do you think she was looking for Taylor Swift or she just kind of off on her I, own? I just said, I, cause there's been stories of multiple people yeah. like being around the property. I mean, Taylor Swift's the biggest star in the world. Yeah. yeah. The biggest star, beautiful, talented. So, um, it, it really did make me think, oh my God, cause this, this young lady had no idea who I was. I mean, she doesn't care. Uh, but I got a, I got my wife in the car. I'm here to protect my wife. Like, right? Like, I'm out of the car. I got the phone. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But so that's she how- She didn't want to hear your thoughts on Baker Mayfield's next contract. Nah. Wasn't really interested in the combine <laughs> breakdown. Nah. <laughs> no. So anyway, uh, the point was, I had a great week off. I love where I went. It's unbelievable. But there was a little drama. there, And also- and I love Rhode Island, but Rhode Island's got a neat, unique history, a very unique history that, you know, Buddy Cianse was a mayor of Providence. Providence, Federal Hill, that's where the mob hung out. So, yeah. you know, Rhode Island's the wild, wild west in government. I almost, I have a, a, a wine store business in Connecticut with my friend, Brian. You know, we thought about moving into Rhode Island and it was like, <laughs> okay. No, thanks. You got to pay someone 20% off the top just to operate. Oh, John, you don't know the half of it. 20%. So, and by the way, I love Rhode Island because of its history. It's so unique. It's a little wild, wild west. They do their own thing. But earlier that night, the place I was at, I went and I, it was a very uh, interesting place. I won't give the name out, but I, I asked the people that took me there. I'm like, they got 30 people in this area. There's 12 people in the restaurant. How the hell do they fund it? My friend goes, oh yeah, it's run by the mob. And I'm like, so between, I went to a place run by the mob. I mean, they had like 30 people. And I'm like, there's eight people having dinner. This doesn't make any sense. I mean, it was just, and then between that and the young lady who um, I think <laughs> thought I was Taylor Swift, my Friday was... <laughs> It was full. It was full.
That was a John, lot of drama. John Gotti, Colin Coward, and Taylor Swift on the same street. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy ass Friday for me. Glad I'm home uh, in quiet Los Angeles. John Middlecoff, enjoy the combine, buddy. I will. Take it easy. The volume. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, take a moment, rate, and review. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.